Hello and welcome to episode 272 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm the bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. And joining me is the explicit League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. Hey, how are they, mate? I am going very, very well, Andrew. How are you today? Doing, doing well. Doing very well. That's really good. I can't, I've got nothing to complain about. I mean, we should probably just wrap this episode up now. Yeah, it was good. So uh, thanks for everyone for listening, and we'll tune in tomorrow. Exactly. I think that's all we need to do. That way, we the last two episodes can even out about an hour and a half. Yeah, it'd work here well. Hey, you know what everyone should do? They should think about how they feel right now. Like, do they feel ready to go? Because if you're ready to go, you feel better about yourself, you know. True. And the, the way to be ready to go is to go to manscaped.com. Because if you go to manscaped.com and you use our exclusive code, which is NRL, you get 20% off and free shipping on everything on their website. It's pretty everything? good deal. Absolutely everything. Um, we both recommend the perfect package because you get everything you need in that. Because, you know, the, you need the right tools for the job. And that's what Manscaped gives you. And if you see the Lawnmower 3.0, it's waterproof. It's got a ceramic bra- uh, blah, blah, blah. It's got a ceramic blade. It's so good I can hardly even speak about it, hey? That's right. I mean, it's like it's like when you fall in love with someone and you know, your just mind goes to mush. I mean, it's the same with the uh, with the Manscaped products. They're just unbelievable. Pretty much. Like every time I grab the Lawnmower 3.0, I hear that song, Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear? Every time you're near, just like me, they're about to be close to you. Um, of course, at the time, I'm singing it to my junk. My junk looks really good because of manscaped.com. So go there, put in our exclusive code for our listeners. It's NRL, 20% off, free shipping. I don't know how much more people want us to do for them. I mean, we give you all this great content for your, for your ears. And now we've also teamed up with, with Manscaped to give you some great, great service so you've, you can provide some great content for those who like your balls. Exactly. Exactly. This is just what we do. Now, there's been some, some big news today. Yes. Um, Anybody Rod- that listens to our podcast wasn't surprised. No, that's right. That's right. Um, because the expert here... Uh, the long, the long running expert, I should say, and that's League Freak. Uh, said this, God, it might have been last year, I assume. Roger yeah. Tuivasek will go to Rugby Union. Um, turns out today that that's pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah, I, when like it must have been. I know we said it late last year. In yeah, episode. that's kind of when it was coming up. But um, yeah, but like I, I'm pretty sure I was saying it earlier in the year too. Yeah, you had. Yeah. Um. So the reports are that he's. Looking at leaving the Warriors at the end of this year mm-hmm. with a plan of trying to get into the All Black squad for the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Yeah, which he'll do. He'll he'll be a walk-up start. Um, the Warriors have said that he can go. He, he, the only people he is allowed to negotiate with is the New Zealand Rugby Union. Um, it looks like he is would more than likely play for the Auckland Blues uh, which they're the ones that a lot of the former rugby league players go and play for. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure why, but anyway. Um, and yeah, he would he would get into the All Blacks team for their next World Cup or whenever that is. I don't really care. But um, 
it's an interesting one. It's been on the cards for a while. We've talked about it for a long time. And he'd be a gigantic loss for the Warriors. He'd free up a lot of salary cap space for them, but I don't know who they would be able to target that is anywhere near the quality of, of RTS. Um, and we were talking about this before the podcast. I wonder what would happen if RTS was offered a, a godfather deal from a Sydney club, whether it would make him think twice or whether he's got his heart set on this move. I'm I'm fairly certain now that he's not a man who's driven by checkbooks. This sounds entirely like a move where, I mean, he would know himself that he can pretty much write his own bloody check in, in the NRL. Yeah. Um, that wouldn't likely be the case in, in rugby union. So this sounds like something that he wants to do, not something he sees as a source of revenue, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I don't think he's, I don't think he's done with rugby league. I think this is just something he wants to have a crack at, see if he can go it, and you know it looks good on the resume. I guess post career, you know, another thing you've done, check that off the list, and then he'd probably come back to rugby league in twenty twenty four. Yeah, in some capacity. Yeah, I think well, that I think he'd only be thirty then. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Twenty four, thirty. He might be thirty one. Yeah, I mean, it's just after his peak, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He'd, be, he'd be fine. Um, he'd probably take whatever deal is thrown at him from Sydney, which, you know, if he wins a wins a uh, Rugby World Cup, he'd, he'd probably be able to come back to a million-dollar deal again in Sydney if he wanted to. Yeah, and he's, he's the sort of player that he'd be fine. Like, I'd, I'd have no problems with him losing any athleticism or anything like that. Um, nah. You know, I've... The thing that was getting me about him at the Warriors is that he's clearly one of the top three players in the game in rugby league. And I just think that you would see him putting in that sort of top three player in the world performance at a club which was absolutely terrible. And in rugby league, it's kind of funny. In rugby league, for the very elite players, I think they are more likely to look elsewhere outside of the NRL than switch clubs. They've got a real loyalty to their clubs. Yeah. Um, and in some ways that's a really good thing, but it's not great when they feel it is a better alternative to leave the NRL than to go to a different club because RTS, I mean, you could build an entire, like if it doesn't matter what team he went to, he could go to the Brisbane Broncos and they could build the club around him for the next few years. He's that sort of player. So it, it'll be sad if he is lost to the NRL. I do hope that other NRL clubs step in and offer him deals that he basically can't refuse. But I agree with you. It seems like it's just something that he's got an opportunity to do. He's not going to do it without talking to, you know, it's not like he's just going to be like any other player that wants to get in the All Blacks. I'm sure he's talked to the right people. I'm sure that they've said, look, if you'd make that switch, you you know, they won't have guaranteed him a jersey, but it's RTS. He, he'll get in and he'll back himself and that won't be a problem. Just like every other rugby league player that wants to give it a go, you just, you know, switch to rugby union, you get handed one of their test jerseys um, and you're one of the best rugby union players immediately. That's uh, pretty easy, really. So, I but, mean, yeah, what he could have done is just, he could have stayed with the Roosters for, like, you know, instead of going to the Warriors, 
Because then he would have walked into the Wallabies team. Yeah. You know, just because he'd lived in Sydney for you know a decade or so. And he wouldn't yeah, have to worry about playing club rugby there. He could just rock up, you know, just say, oh, I'm playing rugby union now, um, and just do it for three months playing the World Cup, mm-hmm. and then come back. But yeah. because he wants to play for a team that's successful, that's why he wanted to go to the yeah, All Blacks. He probably wants to play for an organisation that has, like, that actually has close to the same amount of money that he has. Like, it would probably be easier for him to buy rugby union in Australia than for them to try and find money to pay him. That's an idea. Mm. As if rugby in Australia was owned by one player. Well, you know, if Sonny Bill Williams had been played, bought, paid money by the uh, Toronto Wolfpack, maybe he could have bought him. Imagine that. Mm. That'd be fantastic. I you wonder if you... You could just go out and play in a, uh, a rugby union test match alongside the owner of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the thing is, though... Who wants to and just say I don't know how many you know professional players there are in Australian rugby union ranks. Let's say there's I don't know ninety. I doubt it's even that. But who really wants to spend that much money on ninety fat blokes? They can't play footy very well. It's, it's an interesting question. Maybe yeah. those hot dog eating contest people. You know what I was watching today on YouTube? Hot dog, hot dog contest eating? No. That oh. was built similarly, though. I tell you what, was, though, you, you need to I, get into that. That's that's a rabbit hole you never get out of. I, I tell you what, I went down a rabbit hole today. I started watching um, World Championship slap fights. Where oh, the opening, they, the opening slaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was this Samoan dude. What was he called? I think he called himself the Crazy Samoan. Was he called this? No, he was called the Crazy Hawaiian, sorry. And... Uh, he was slapping the snot out of people. He was slapping the piss out of them. It was so good. And then I started watching um, bare knuckle boxing from Russia. Oh man, you go and look up. I think it's Top Dogs bare knuckle boxing. It is amazing. It's my new favorite sport. <laughs> oh, that slapping thing's crazy. You yeah. just know that was made by Americans or something. How can we have a fight sport, but not with too much fun. Like, let's just condense it down to the shortest possible bouts possible. Yeah. I know. Let's just have open hands slapping the living shit out of someone. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a game where the toss decides who's going to win. Almost. I mean, there was this, uh, this dude that called himself the crazy Hawaiian. There was this big dude. And, it, like, they all look like, you know, farmers. Like, big corn-fed farmers. And, truck drivers. Uh, yeah, pretty much. They've all driven a John Deere at some point. <laughs> and this dude, he comes up against him, and it was his first competition. And the toss of the coin, and unfortunately, the first person that got to go was the crazy Hawaiian, and he slapped the piss out of him. He knocked him out immediately. It was incredible. And they put cotton wool in one of their ears so they don't burst their eardrums. They wear mouth guards. They've got rules. You can't, like, step into it. You've got to have your feet planted. Oh, it was so good. And, yeah, that led me to the bare-knuckle boxing from Russia where you get, like, three two-minute rounds. And the the circle that they fight in is around the edges is just hay bales. And it's it's filmed in like HD cameras. Oh man, it is so good. 
Do they have to drink like two bottles of vodka each before they start the fight? And they've got to take their shirts off. I don't know. I don't That's know. The, but... I mean, essentially, all that is is just the next level after a Russian dash cam video. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And like the cut, the cut people in the corners because they had cut men in there. They were fantastic. Like these people would go into the corners, and their faces are just piss and blood. And they would go back into the fight, and I don't know how long between the ba- the rounds, but it felt like more than a minute. But they would a go week? back. <laughs> Could have been actually. I don't think about it. But they would go back in, and and their cuts would be. They would they work miracles on these dudes, and it was really funny because it looked like it was happening in a warehouse. And but it's all filmed in really high quality and it's all pretty professional considering. And you would see like kids around the outside of it and young people and teenagers and stuff. And it was like, man, this is pretty eclectic fan base that they've got for this thing, too. It's great. I love looking at YouTube and just finding myself somewhere. That's brilliant. Now, um, speaking of finding himself somewhere, there's reports that Benji Marshall is heading to South. Yeah, the more I've thought about this, the it is a really good idea for South Sydney. Really good idea. Because we have always talked about, doesn't matter how well South are playing, you've always got that issue that Adam Reynolds normally gets right to the final series and then gets injured. And if that happens this year, if they've got Benji Marshall, it's not that big of a problem. But during the season... When he and Walker are going to be completely fit. I mean, Walker's going to miss games because he's probably going to get called up to Origin. Mm-hmm. Um, so Benji will be slotting out at six for those few weeks there. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, there's going to be 20, you know, around 20 weeks where he may not be a starting half. Do you put him on the bench? It'd and be if hard, so... It'd be hard to carry him on the bench, though, wouldn't it? Well, that's right. I mean, if that's the thing. If you put him on the bench... Where does he play when he gets on the field? If you already got two halves there, does he play at centre? I mean, he's not a very good defender, so that doesn't seem like an idea that's workable. No. You've got Latrell not... at fullback, so putting him at the wing, putting him at hooker. I mean, you've got Damian Cook, you don't need him there. You I don't, don't see where Benji fits into the side other than filling in for three or four weeks during the season, which doesn't seem like a, a, that great an idea for him. But if that's his best option, that's available and he feels that physically he can be really good. Like, he he might think to himself, look, I can't do the grind anymore, but I can be ready, fit, and give my best in these one-off games. And look, you could use him in New South Wales Cup as as much as you wanted. You could have him play half games, whatever you want to do at that level. Um, But I agree with you. I don't think you could have him on the bench because... You know, most clubs you'd say, oh, you could probably play him at hooker for a little bit. You don't really need that with Damian Cook there. No. I mean, Cook is, is an 80-minute player. Yeah. And so fast, you don't need the explosive speed and, you know, steps and stuff like that Benji's got. Not that it's as explosive as it used to be, but it's still there. Um, I think what Benji did is he's kind of put himself in a corner because I mean, everyone knows he could go over to England. Mm-hmm. and earn mega dollars over there and wouldn't have to put his body through a great deal of work. No. But he doesn't want to leave Sydney. He's got his young family there. He just wants to stay there. And, you know, he's in the twilight of his career. Doesn't Obviously, he doesn't want to doesn't see the purpose in going over to England for two, maybe three years and then coming back again. Mm-hmm. So 
that's why I decided to stay in Sydney. I, I don't know. I think there could have been options like going to Newcastle. That could have been an option. It's not too yep. far away. Yeah. Um, surprised the Dragons didn't go chasing him. Yeah, I wonder why they did. Look, the, and the crazy part is the team that really could use him is the Tigers. Yeah. This is the thing. Tigers didn't replace him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's what they do. They're geniuses like that. <laughs> it's all part of the strategy, man. It's the tactics. Tactics. They're, they're thinking long-term. They're looking forward to when they have to merge with another club in 100 years. That's right. Um. So yeah, that's that's that story. But nothing's been confirmed yet. The clubs, the clubs said nothing. There's no quotes anywhere. Benji said nothing. Mm-hmm. So at this stage, take it with a grain of salt because that's pretty much all you can do. Yeah, but I think you and me agree that he's too good of a player. He's got too much experience that no club is going to pick him up at some point. Like if I could see a number of clubs, like Manly, for instance, if Foran gets injured again. Um, I could see them saying to Benji, like, do you want to fill in for half a season or something? And, you know, so I don't think he's going to be without a club. But I, I think South, it'd be a really good move for South. It'd cover a base for them that has been something that's been a bit of a downfall for them over a number of years. So, you know, when I saw that news, I, I was like, wow, that'd be that'd be something for South Sydney that, you know, that's a feather in their cap going into the season. That really makes me think that they might move up to maybe third in the NRL going into the season, the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, look, anything's possible there, I guess. Mm. Now, um, while we're at it, we, talk, we mentioned the Tigers. Um, Moses Mbai, he's, uh, he's come out and said, you know what, I don't want to be captain anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for James Tamo to be captain. I mean, isn't that kind of him mm. to relinquish an honour that was handed to him? Um, so, I mean, the good, <laughs> news, the good news for the Tigers is now that now that Mbai is not captain, yeah, we don't need to try and figure out how we fit him into the seventeen. Yeah, it's just his uh, gigantic salary that's the problem at that point. Yeah, I, like, we're, we're, I, we're good at we're good at having gigantic salaries sitting on the bench. That's that's not a drama or sitting in reserve grade. Yeah, there's more trying to figure out where he fit in the run-on side. Did you play with your microphone? A little bit. Yeah, you can hear it pretty loud. You know. I apologise for that. It's all right. I'll I'll go back to using a pocket knife. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, grab hold of something else with both hands <laughs> and just keep them there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it. <laughs> like the West Tigers could end up with the most expensive reserve grade team of all time. Next year, or this year, I guess. I keep calling this it year. next year, hey? Yeah. Next year, we should be fine. Yeah. There'll be no... I think Mbai will be the only expensive player left next year. Packers are gone at the end of the year. You know, it sounded like it was a... It was... A, I, I feel like somebody said to him, look, Moses, we want Tamo to be our captain. We think it would be an elegant situation, an elegant situation for you if you said you know what i'm giving up the captaincy because it's better than when we strip it off you <laughs> yeah i'd strip it off you yes yeah, I'd, so I'd say moses you're not captain anymore you know why because we don't understand where you fit into our squad anymore so pick a position get good at it and work your way into the side and then maybe then we will consider making you a captain that's your job for this year i would say to him listen moses Okay, 
You see what RTS is doing? Have you ever thought of doing that yourself? <laughs> Mate, you would walk into the Wallabies team anywhere you wanted to. I bet he would. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it isn't weird how NRL clubs treat captaincy. Like, I don't like the group captaincy thing. Like that we saw, we saw the Newcastle Knights. They changed their. They've got five captains this year, well, and one of them is South, a Mitchell Pearce. South did that several years ago. Yeah, and they had captains on a rotating basis. I had this captaincy group of five or six players, and each one of them would take it in turns being captain every week. Mm. It's just nonsense. Stupid. And it's you know what makes it really really stupid is that it, all of the players know who they're going to look to when there's a decision to be made. Like, it's not like all of them sort of stand around and they're like, all right, what are we going to do? Who? Like, everyone knows who their decision maker is. Mm. And But I think that clubs started doing it to mitigate against when there was off-field issues. So it wasn't your club captain that got in trouble off the field. It was like one of several club captains, so it wasn't uh, that big uh, a deal. Someone from the leadership group. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like bloody Kevin Walters right now. Anybody that plays for the Broncos, he says, well, he could be a potential captain. It's like, Kevy, you should know your captain by now. Why don't they yeah. have a captain? Um, speaking of Kevy, he suggested that Anthony Milford could be captain this year. Yeah, and he said it, I'm sure he said it about Payne Haas too. Like... I just don't get it that he should know who his captain is. They should have named the captain already. Yeah. But that's a club that doesn't have a really good choice. No. None. So, I don't know. It, it seems like a um, it, it seems like a weird article because not only has he chosen to stand down as captain, mm-hmm. he's also gone out and publicly suggested who it, who it should be that replaces him. Yeah. How much power do you think you've got there, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that technically you own one-third of the friggin' franchise at this point, but still. Exactly. Oh, fucking nuts. Anyway, um, more Tigers talk, sort of. Josh mm-hmm. Carr has revealed the phone call that he had with Trent Barrett and how they convinced him to go to the Dogs over the Tigers. Now, what did Trent Barrett say? It's not so much what Trent Barrett said. It's more that Adokar liked the fact that Trent um, had been working as an assistant at Penrith. Mm-hmm. And given Penrith's success, mm-hmm. I think Josh Adokar has attributed probably too much of that success on the work that Trent Barrett did. Yeah. And he's seen that as a reason why the Bulldogs might be going somewhere and the Tigers aren't. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? There's probably a, f- a fair element of logic to that. Because <laughs> the Tigers don't go towards success. They go towards a plateau, and they just stay on the plateau. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, you know, it, I, I don't... Uh, personally, as a Panthers fan, I don't attribute any of our success to Trent Barrett. Like, we were going in the direction that we ended up in well before Trent Barrett decided to turn up with his, you know, his car full of second-hand shares at this stage. But, um, you know, I, I guess, like, the big story is, oh, someone from the Bulldogs convinced me to go to the Bulldogs. It's like, okay. <laughs> exactly. Like, 
they wouldn't be doing their job if they didn't. I mean, yeah. if you had someone at the club that couldn't convince you to come to the club, then that person should probably be over working at the West Tigers. And <laughs> probably are. Because that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, on to less entertaining news. Mm-hmm. Um, former NRL hooker Masada Yusefa passed away during the week. Yeah. Uh, it was the day before he turned 33 years old. Uh, it was yeah. apparently a quad bike accident, from uh, if I recall. Um, he played four tests for Samoa uh, from 2009 to 2013. Spent four seasons at Penrith, where he played 43 games, and two seasons at the West Tigers, where he played another 14 games. So 57 NRL games all up. Um, yeah, kind of shocking news, really. I think he'd been working as a... Um, development officer for the Queensland Rugby League. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolute shocking news to be yeah. so young as well. Yeah, it was very sad. He uh, he went to he actually lived in um, the suburb I grew up in in Western Sydney, Tregear. So, like, it was really awesome to see him make first grade um, for the Penrith Panthers. He's a, a a pretty robust player for a, a hooker. Um, I was sad to see him leave the club when he did. Um, I thought that he didn't really get the opportunities that he needed for his career to progress at the West Tigers. Well, I mean, and, he was basically behind Robbie Farrer. Yeah. yeah you're not going to give me opportunities there. Um, he And the West Tigers had that. Because they had Farrer there, they were used to having someone rather sharp and nippy at a dummy half. And Yusefa was more of a like, his passing was pretty crisp, but he wasn't the lightning bolt out of dummy half. He didn't have that short kicking game that Farah had. He was more of just a you know pass off the deck sort of guy. Um, very good defender. Yeah, yeah, strong dude as well. Yeah, and built uh, like um, a tank. He really was. I thought he would have gone really well over in Super League, but uh, I guess he chose not to go over. And really, a player that that for his talent, should have played way more football. And I just think he was one of those players where, you know, things just didn't pan out for him. I don't think there was any real reason why. It's just that happens to some players. Um, and, yeah, when that news come through, it was very sad to hear. Yeah, so um, condolences to him and um, thoughts with his family at the moment. That's um, pretty tragic news there. Yeah, it was. It really was. Now, is there... Well, there was something else I was going to ask. I can't remember what it was. There Have was any... the, yeah. There, you know what? There was the news that uh, Nadine sent us. Oh yes, that's right. Um, pretty much the boss. Yeah. Every now and then, she just uh, you know has to give us content to make sure that we stay on track. She's she sent us this article from the Sydney Morning Herald, and it's the Stan. It's kind of like um, Channel 9's version of KO Sports. Yeah. And by the way, the Sydney Morning Herald is owned by Channel 9. Exactly right. Um, they've announced that they will be charging people $10 a month to stream sport. And part of that sport they've got is a huge chunk of rugby union content, which is uh, all of the Wallabies tests, the Super Rugby, the Shoot Shield. Um, it'll also include the Wimbledon and French Open tennis tournaments as well. And that's going to cost people $10 a month, I think, initially. 
And then if you don't get on board at the start, it'll link up to 20 bucks a month or something like that. How would you rather spend 10 bucks a month? 10 bucks a month. I would rather burn it to keep warm. I would rather um, plant it in the ground, right, and hope that money starts growing out of the ground, like turnips or something. You know, I'd probably I'd probably give $10 a month to the Super League. Ooh, so you're buying like a, a 30% share of Super League, huh? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, am, am I actually getting anything at all with that 10 bucks a month? Oh, no. No, not at this stage. Would that be um, a worse thing to do with it than just burning it? <laughs> you you could buy a Super League, like, fringe Super League player, because they don't have minimum wage, you know? Well, so, yeah. if 10 I bucks them, a month. If I gave them $10 a month, yeah. I'm giving them more money than Papa John's is, which, so I'd be looking for naming rights sponsorship somewhere. Yeah, what would you? What would the naming rights be, though? What would you say you wanted it to be? Would it be rugby, the Rugby League Project? No, no, it'd be... It'd be a Fergo on the Freak podcast one. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'd probably, I don't know, would you get one of those massive big, you know, those big banner things I had up there for the NHS and stop racism signs I had up? Yeah. I'd get one of those up with just our logo for the podcast. That would be cool. Just bung it up at one end. I can imagine the Poms would really embrace what our logo looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we'd have to get security guards around us so they don't get to it and damage <laughs> yeah. it. Um, the other thing we could probably do is I could bump it up to $25 a month yeah. and just have free gravy available at every game. What if you, what if at half time, right? And this might cause a riot. If at half time you just had a giant gravy boat on wheels come out, and like Tell me, that will not up. bring fans through the gates at Super League games. Exactly. And fans just line up and they come with like a mug and they dip their mugs in and they start like sculling gravy. And well, no, could... mate, they've got a bit of culture and class. They'll, they'll just sip it through the second half. Okay. Well, yeah. Hang on a second. Do you think that whole KR fans have culture and class? The hang only, cult- the only cultures that they have is when... You know, someone takes a swab and they find out they've got chlamydia in two days later, you know? I'm trying to win them them over here. You're not helping. So am I. I'm just being honest about them. (laughs) Hey, don't be honest. That's that's a problem. (sighs) I don't like honesty. Look, the only way that whole KR fans are listening to us is if the people whose phone they stole were fucking subscribed to the podcast. So don't worry about it. Um, You could have theme rounds. Like you could have chicken gravy round. You could have roast beef gravy round. You could have the OXO round. OXO. What else have they got? They've got, the got, they? they got other stuff there. Haven't they got... Haven't they, don't they make one out of... Um, what's that shitty um, attempt to try and copy Vegemite they've got over there that they love? Marmite. Marmite. They, they, they make gravy stuff out of Marmite, don't they? I, I've never heard of that. Oh, trust me. There'll be uh, people over there that do it. <laughs> Mama, what that's the weirdest gravy in the world is. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that the English fans are not gonna like. Your marmite tastes like ass. It is filthy foul shit. Try and eat Vegemite, which is proper proper yeah. spread for your toast. Marmite is garbage. Far out, Andrew. You shouldn't say that sort of stuff to our English films. I'd like to apologize for Andrew Ferguson attacking all of our English listeners. That's, that's both times harsh, I've man. been to England. Yeah. 
both times we went to went you know stayed in one of the hotels and they offered breakfast over there and I went you know what I like most of the English breakfast then they come up with the toast and they had marmite there and you went you know what I'll give it a crack first time I'll give it a crack I'm eating it going what is this foul shit <laughs> I ate it all because you know I'm not a wasteful bastard but I hated it and when I went back I went you know what maybe I was just being a little bit rough mm. I'll give him a second chance I had the second time I went no 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 it's got worse <laughs> So I've never tried it, but I don't eat Vegemite either. Oh, well, that ends this podcast, then. Eh? Yeah, that's the end of the podcast forever. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, you know what? If that's your little thing that makes you un-Australian, then I'll throw my hat, okay? I don't drink alcohol. At all? At all. Never have. I, look, I've noticed this because I've tried to get you drinking plenty of times on the podcast and, like, I think even a couple of times just when we've been chatting on Skype. Um, and yeah, why don't you drink alcohol? Not interested. Yeah. Yeah. When I tell people this, they often ask me, oh, is it like a religious thing? Fuck no, I don't give a shit about religion. (laughs) Just can't be asked. I just, you know, I I went working in a, uh, you know, managing a pub at a very young age Mm. and spent most of my time either, you know, helping my, helping my mates who were pissed and trying to start shit you know, get them out of the club and say, yeah, piss off, get in your car for a while, you know, sober up, you know, and make, obviously I had that key, so I can't drive anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'd have to go out and clear up all this vomit off places where I didn't think you could get vomit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know what? If that's what alcohol does, and now I'm not interested. <laughs> How many times do you think I'm going to get drunk during a year and we podcast? Every time we're on air. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Jesus. I'd have to be an alcoholic. I'd be constantly drunk. I don't think we'd get you drunk on the podcast because I've seen you drunk and tweeting before and you, you get very um, very friendly and very amorous. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think people are ready for that. No, no. I, just well, go, I love you all. You're all fucking beautiful. I fucking love you. These are all fucking, oh, just so fucking lovely. That, that's pretty much you when you're drunk. Well, you know, there was that, that episode. It wasn't last year. It was the year before Penrith had lost really badly. And it had a few. I wasn't happy with that episode. <laughs> <laughs> we did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'll try. I, it depends how Penrith goes, really. Well, that's true. Um, now, have we had any emails? We actually did. Um, and I replied back. So let me open up the email device while you're doing that we had a um a message come from jack isaacson on our uh facebook page mm-hmm. and uh i'm gonna read that because he's given us a bit of praise so, you know okay okay i'm not saying we've got egos but we fucking do no yeah um, but stroke it yeah um he meant to say this some time ago he said we are so great because you can't even tell we're in different cities thousands of kilometers away on skype 99 seamless unlike my smooth ball sack and then he said, fuck, going to give myself the Pappenheiser when it grows back. And uh, he said he got on the promo with Manscaped when we first got sponsored. Oh, right. So he's That's all in. Awesome. Thanks, Jack. Well, you know, he'll be uh, he'll be loving this, the smoothness that comes from Manscaped. It's fantastic. Everyone should get on board. Um, we got an email from Adam. 
And uh, it's funny, it says subject is content. And he said, uh, I was looking at my podcast feed and had fallen behind listening to Fergo and the Freak. I looked at the three most recent episodes and there's about eight hours of content there. (laughs) Who else is doing that in January? Keep up the great work. So I I emailed him back and said thank you and all that. So that was nice. Did he send that prior to the 1997 episode? Uh, he sent it on the 27th, so I think it was after the 1997. Oh, I was going to say, it was before he, he chucked another three and a half hours on there. <laughs> and then we had one from Nui Ash, and he said, have you guys ever seen Dominic Young? Uh, he appears to be some kid that the Knights have signed from Huddersfield, and I was curious as to whether he's any good or if he's just been signed because he's really tall. I don't yeah. I've never seen Dominic Young. He's um, I know that he stands at close to two meters tall. Yeah, he's about one hundred and six kilos, and he's a winger. Yeah, um, so I'm I kind of picture him as being something along the lines of Lottie Takuri, but taller. Okay, he's that sort of build. Um, haven't seen much of him. He's only nineteen. I don't even know if he's played much footy yet. So, who was that winger? I think he might play for the Wildcats from memory. And you and me, somebody mentioned him to us on the podcast. And then we watched a game and he was he scored a couple of like ridiculous tries. I was like, holy shit, this guy. Oh, yeah. Um, what was his name? Was that Tom Briscoe? No, no, no. It wasn't, it wasn't Tom Briscoe. Man. Hey? I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I feel like his last name might be Williamson or something like that. Uh, I'll just have a look and see who the top try scorers were in Super League. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the easiest way to do it. Ash Handley at Leeds? No, it wasn't. he wasn't a Leeds player. Uh, Tom Johnson. It, it might have been him, actually. I think it was him, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was at Wakefield. That's the one. I do remember that, yeah. He is he's a pretty damn good player. Um Interesting fact about him, mm-hmm. German. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, see, Carson would have told us about that. Yeah, Carson, I know about him. Um, yeah. he's, he's born in Germany, but yes, he has played for England. Well, that's not a shock. I mean, they keep on flouting the international eligibility rules whenever they can. He's got a he's got an international try scoring record mm-hmm. that is on a par with Charlie States' NRL try-scoring record because he's oh, played man. one test, scored three tries. Who did he score them against? France. Good on him. That's yeah. pretty handy. Uh, so, yeah, he's, uh, he, he is a pretty handy player, though. I saw the Rugby Football League put out a tweet a couple of days ago. They said, who are your two favourite Australians to play in, in uh, English Rugby League of all time? I said, Blake Austin and Jackson Hastings. <laughs> No, they said Australian. Yeah, 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 and I said Australian too. Damn it! <laughs> They're not you know, Australian. They're just Australian as Lachlan Coot. You know the the <laughs> weird thing about the rugby football league and all that over there, they do a lot of um, social justice stuff, right? And I'm not against it. You know, good luck to them for doing that. But it's weird to see them doing all of that stuff while the game is dying so quickly over there and it's like you know i get that this stuff is good 
But how about you put in, you know, a bit more effort into making sure the game isn't fucking dying so quickly over there? Yeah, show that know? show that level of care for everybody else to your actual game. Yeah, like the actual financial running it as a business and making it get better instead that of just be having good. it survive. Yeah, yeah. Like there was, they've had people that they've got into uh, really high high profile roles at the rugby football league and they make a big song and dance about it. And they're like, Oh, isn't this great? This person, blah, blah, blah. And all I think is like, this person's not doing anything. Like why, why don't these people start doing something to help the game not die? Yeah. It, it seems like they all just want to parade around and say, Oh yeah, I'm this person at the rugby football league. It's great. And then, you know, you say to them, Oh, what are you doing? And then they'll say, oh, we're doing all this social justice part stuff. And it's like, okay, but the game's dying. Are you doing anything about that? And they're like, nah, fuck <laughs> that shit. So you, you've named your two favourite favorite Australians who played in the Super League. To play, No, playing in English Rugby League all time. Oh, all time English Rugby League. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, who would, you be, who would be your two in the Super League? Same two players? Of all time, definitely. 100%. Just, in, just in the Super League, not the RFL, going back to 1895, just the Super League era, 96 onwards. Okay, so so really my favourite Australians to play over there. Um, Let me think. I'm sure there are some people that think I'm going to say Jamie Lyon, but fuck that fat cunt. Um, <laughs> I would say... My two favourite Australians, it's really hard. I don't know. I haven't even thought about it, actually. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll toss in the Steve Edmed. Oh, really? Oh, he is the sort of businessman that they need running the Super League. Why is that? Right. Did you not hear about what he did for himself during the Super League war? The what amount did... of money he got, oh. he got for himself. He sure did, yeah. Yeah. That's a man you want running Super League. <laughs> What about uh, you know who, what type of businessman they could really use over in Super League? Michael Gordon. Yeah, yeah, he's got a coffee business. It's going great. Mm. You should, man, the aroma. It's fantastic. I love it. it. Keeps me up all fucking week, man. As coffee should. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's a unique blend. I love the way it smells. <laughs> I could you, just sniff that coffee all day. You gotta really get down and really get that shit into your lungs. Mm, mm. You br- breathe from your diaphragm, man. Get down. Scoop it up. Just get, oh. just get a straw up each nostril. Anytime I just feel like a little bump, I go and get some of that coffee. Yeah. I wonder what it's called. Uh, I'm not sure. It's I know it's uh from Colombia. I know that. Very very good uh, coffee though over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty much it then for emails and everything. Yes, it was. Yeah, that's the uh, only input that I've seen. Apart from all of the look, we had so many really nice uh, tweets about the 1997 episode. Um, me and Andrew spent a lot of time recording that. We loved it. We loved doing that episode, and so it was cool to get all of that really good feedback. Um, so thanks to everyone that got involved and had a listen and it was amazing to see how many people listened to it so quickly as well yeah it's been crazy yeah um 
how the crazy thing is I, I went through and calculated how much time we've dedicated to these um, the four seasons that we've done so far about mm-hmm. the, pretty much following the Super League saga. Yep. And it's 11 and a half hours. Wow. Far Almost out. half a day. That's not bad, hey? Yeah, so if you're in quarantine over there in England, you want to learn about what happened during over here during the Super League War and how, essentially, if we're really honest, the World Club Challenge competition in 1997 exposed how dire the game was in England Mm-hmm. and how England did fucking nothing about it. Um, get into it. It's fantastic. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Morris Lindsay gets mentioned quite a few times across all four episodes. Yeah, I love Mor- L- Morris Lindsay. I think he's great. Like, I know in England they hate his guts, and, you know, a lot of it comes from the fact that he was running Ingl- uh, Wigan, and Wigan was beating the shit out of everyone. So that a lot of people don't like him for that reason, but I just think he was fantastic. Do you reckon he's worth old bringing back? Man, he'd be pretty old now. Like he's how seven, old? Is Mor- he's seventy nine. Turns eighty in May. Yeah, see, uh, I'm not surprised by that. But the thing is, okay, I reckon he'd be one of those players. Uh, sorry, one of those um, administrators who mm. everyone hated entirely while he was there. Mm. But after all the crap that the game's gone through since, they, a lot of them would look back on him and go, "You know what? He actually was pretty good." Can we can we get him back? I would take Morris Lindsay needing to spend two hundred thousand pounds on travel expenses <laughs> over the current bludgers who spent seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds on nothing. It's you can be sure as shit too that uh, Lindsay's not going to go around doing deals for fucking free pizza. Yeah, no way in the world. Ah, oh, crazy stuff. Um. Yeah, is, is that pretty much it for the news? I think so, yeah. It's been a, a good episode, a little bit of a quick episode from us. It's not been a, an hour and a half or anything like that, but you've got enough content to listen to this week. Yeah, I mean, we'll keep it. we're just keeping you busy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So before we go, I want to say to everyone that me and Andrew leading into this year, we've got a lot of stuff we're going to be doing. We've got a lot of content we're putting out. We're always talking about what we're doing for the podcast and like the future goals we have for the podcast and the stuff like that. And one of the things that helps us both is when people contribute to our Patreon pages. Um, Now, Andrew's got one. It's at patreon.com forward slash RL project. And when you put money into that and you can start it as little as one US dollar a month, up to 25 million US dollars a month. You just pick your level. Yeah, yeah. well, it's one of those two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, and, and that all goes towards, that goes towards his time podcasting, all of the articles that he writes, uh, Rugby League Project, of course, and we all use Rugby League Project, and all of it, basically everything he does that's Rugby League related. So that's, if you want to support Andrew, you go there, Go to uh, RL Project. No, it's patreon.com RL Project and contribute to Andrew's Patreon. My one, if you contribute to my one, it goes to website costs, which I got, I got like how many? Three, four websites. And then keep I've going, got keep going. Like 27 <laughs> website addresses <laughs> that I, I have. And then uh, the, the rest goes towards any um, podcasting equipment. 
I probably would have paid off my microphone by now, which is good. I've got a very expensive microphone for the podcast. So to do to go on my Patreon, you go to patreon.com forward slash league freak. And my one start from uh, $3 US a month. And my one has different tiers. So at some of them tiers, you get uh, free merchandise after three months of contributing. So check out both of them. Um, you can find links to them on the com website. And anything that you want to contribute, that's great. If you can't afford it, that's fine. You know, we're not forcing anyone to do it. But uh, any any con- contributions are just fantastic. So thank you for just considering it. Yeah, exactly. And look, one, one thing that's really big with these uh, crowdfunding things, essentially what they are, is if you can't, yeah, if you can't donate money to it, then one of the next best things you can do is share it around and promote it to other people. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it's, word it's, of mouth is big. It is, and it's the same thing with podcasts. Like, I know um, the starting block talks about uh, Brad. It goes around and makes sure he subscribes all of his mates' phones to the Starting Block podcast. And when you are talking to your footy mates or you're at the footy or something, just get your phone out and say, "Hey, look." subscribe to this podcast have a listen to it because it really does make a difference like we see every time someone um subscribes to the podcast we see when they've downloaded those initial like five episodes or ten episodes whatever their podcasting app is set to and we see that bump immediately so if you know anyone that's a footy fan just say to them hey i listen to this podcast it's really informative um the statistician absolutely bags poms all the time, and the other dude. Well, what does what what could they say? I do swear. <laughs> I don't swear. What are you talking about? He's got a filthy potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, apparently all of our all of the people that are going to pass this podcast on, they're in uh, fucking what's that fucking English show? That period piece one. Is it Riverdale or some shit like that? Is that Sanderson you're talking about? I don't fucking know. I don't watch them fucking shows. Neither do I. How many fucking... By the way, how many English shows are basically someone... It's like someone's solving crimes and they're either the local doctor, the local vicar, or just some old bird that's running around getting into everyone's business. That's just ruined season 57 of Miss Marple's whatever shit I was going to watch. Ugh. They're all fucking the same thing. <laughs> and, like, can you imagine you, you know, some some old bird turns up to the fucking local town, and first of all, it's England, so everyone hated guts to begin with. So then she starts going around asking questions about people. Being nosy. Like, Fuck off, you old bitch. Let, let's be honest, okay? all of these um, all of these crime TV series, all they are are just longer, slower, more excruciating versions of Scooby-Doo. Pretty much, yeah. You're yeah. right. That's pretty much it. Yeah. There's no... The only thing that they're missing is, like, the two chicks, the uh, the blonde dude, the dog, and the fucking dirty, filthy hippie. <laughs> like, let's be honest. There's not enough dirty, filthy hippies in TV series at the moment. Yeah, that's true. That's one thing that England lacks. Hey, like, England does hillbillies really well, like the English version of hillbillies really well. Um, it's called Witness. But then you've got... Like, a real lack of English hippies. Yeah. Like, the closest you get is that, uh, what's that dude that was, 
Oh man, I almost I almost went rule man through it then. Holy crap, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. What was the what was the guy's name that was married to Katy Perry? Russell Brand. Oh Russell Brand, yeah. Yeah, and he's not a dirty hippie. He's more of like a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I had something I was gonna say there, I completely lost it. Which is probably good because I don't think it was going to be good. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what I was going to say by accident after the podcast. Man, I'm so glad I didn't. So much, so much fantastic content off air. Oh, um, wow! It's brilliant. It is really brilliant. And you know, it's this brilliant podcast, which is sponsored by Manscaped.com. You go to manscaped.com and put in our exclusive code, which is NRL. You get 20% off and free shipping. You get a 30-day money-back guarantee. Listen, I'm going I'm to tell you something to check out now. You go on manscaped.com, right? Check out the Weed Whacker. It's for trimming all your nose hair and your ear hair so you don't end up looking like fucking John Howard. It's pretty damn good. It's at a really good price, and when you put in our code NRL, 20% off, it's like, man, this thing is like, you've just got to get it. It's had 194 five-star reviews. It's a revolutionary ear and nose hair trimmer with their skin-safe technology, and it's got a powerful 600 milliamp lithium-ion battery. Like, what more could you want? And, you know, I've got on good authority that that thing actually hurts less than getting a COVID test. 100%. 100%. And all a COVID test gives you is peace of mind. What the mm-hmm. Wee Whacker gives you is a face that doesn't look like it's got potatoes growing out of it. Exactly. And, I mean, we've discussed potatoes an awful lot on this podcast. We you really... don't want that. No, no, no. It's got, you know, the Weed Whacker has an intelligently contoured design with a 9,000 RPM motor. The powers a 360-degree rotary dual blade system, and it's waterproof. Mate, I reckon they need to get you on board to write their stuff on their website. They really should, hey? Yeah, you know your shit. Well, I try to. It's, it's all about going and doing your research, I find. Exactly. Research is king. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, check out manscaped.com. And tell you what, if you're... Um, a business that wants to get, you know, lots of promotion via our, our podcast and our social media networks, get in touch. Yeah, we're looking for a betting company, basically, that wants to sponsor a weekly NRL round preview episode. And you know that we did a number of those last year. You've heard them. Uh, we saw by the numbers that you really enjoyed listening to them. And we want to do that and be able to give you the betting odds. And so if you know of any betting companies out there or you're a betting company that's listening to this, uh, get in touch with this. Just uh, email us at podcast at leaguefreak.com. And, um, yeah, we'll get chatting with you and we'll see if we can do some sort of deal and get your betting odds out to the punters. Exactly. Man, that's a lot of advertising we've just done. It really is, but sometimes you got to do it. Sometimes you got to do the, the the housework, basically. Exactly. And, you know, we've saved you all from having to deal with that in the middle, like YouTube. You know, we just bang it all up the end. Yeah, yeah. That's if anyone's listening now. That's true. <laughs> um, 
Well, that's a fantastic episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. So get over there, subscribe, like everything. That'd be fantastic. Don't forget to, uh, you know, leave us a, a comment on your podcasting and talk about whatever the hell you want and give us a five-star review. That'd be fantastic because we'll read it out on the podcast. We'll bung it up on the website. And uh, last but not least, you can send us an email, as we already had today, and we'll we'll answer them um, on the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. So they can contact us freaky on the website. Yeah, go to the website, fergonthefreak.com, click the contact button, and then just send us, fill out the form that's on there and send us a message. Easy as that. And uh, we are done. Goodbye, people. Thanks for tuning in. Catch us all next time.